0: Welcome to The Five. The same five questions, a completely different experience every time. I'm going to start today's episode with a little story. Sophia style, as in the Golden Girls. Picture it. Six years ago, me and some of my CrossFit friends go to a local club to watch watch a burlesque show. After the burlesque show's over, there happens to be a drag show that's about to start. Now, none of us had ever been to a drag show before, so we didn't really know what to expect, but we were all kind of excited to watch it and everything, and then all of a sudden, this performer comes out on the stage and just kills it. Like, I mean, everybody in there is loving it, we're all having a good time, and that day, they made five new fans, so how about you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? (laughs)
1: That was great. Thank you for saying all of that. I'm Mercedes Alexander, and I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee. I am the show director of Core Knoxville, um, previously being Edge. Um, And I just, I live here. I actually live in Strawberry Plains. (laughs) Believe it or not, I'm a country girl. I live in Strawberry Plains with my Five little dogs and my husband and, you know, I'm just a down to earth person that loves to cook and garden and all those things that people wouldn't think I like to do. And then on Fridays and Saturday nights, I become this sex goddess kind of like. So, yeah, there's there's many layers to me, but, you know, um, in all in all, I'm a very simple person.
0: Well, I will say you're one hell of a performer, and you're a local legend for sure. Thank you, thank you. Everybody loves you around here.
1: Oh, uh, thank you.
0: So you know the drill. We're gonna, I'm gonna ask you five questions. Just take your time, answer them however you like. There's no right or wrong answers. You ready for it? I am ready. What's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you?
1: Oh wow. Okay. This is, you know, it took me a while to think about what I wanted to say about weird, because weird, I had, there's not many weird things that have happened to me. I think I I feel like things happen because they're supposed to happen or whatever. But I'm going to tell this story and it's kind of deep. Before I moved to Tennessee, I lived in Gulfport, Mississippi, which is where my hometown where I'm from. And I had this very, very good friend who was in the military and he was all about me. And not me really as the performer, but me as a person. And um, he, he, I mean, we did everything together. We did everything together, hung out together, went out together, all this kind of stuff. Well, we kind of lost touch because he got involved with someone and um, he at some point got sick and I didn't know he was sick. And once I found out he was sick, people were telling me, you need to go see him. You need to go see him and everything. Well, I refused to believe it. And I did go see him. I went to his house to see him and everything. He never told me anything about him being sick. However, I knew something was not quite right with him and everything. And I remember uh, leaving his house and just that whole time I was there was on my mind, my, my entire time back home to my house. Well, maybe a couple weeks after that, I got a phone call and people were telling me to go to the hospital and see him and all this kind of stuff and I, I, I did not go. Mainly because the people that were telling me this, I didn't really believe them. And um, and then when I decided that I was going to go, it was too late for me to go. So I did not get a chance to see him and say anything. And I also felt very, very weird because he didn't tell me anything was wrong with him. So I and I'm not going to bring up, you know, and all of that. Um, So, of course, that was a lot of guilt on me and all of that. The, what I'm going to say is, is weird for me is I had this dream and in this dream, there was a field and I remember this like it was yesterday. It's very, very vivid to me. I, there was this, this field in his car. He had a BMW and his car was parked and I was walking and I saw his car and I'm like, why is his car in this field? So I'm going toward his car and then I see this person sitting in the car and it's him sitting in the car. And so I'm I'm slowly walking up. And as I get closer, he gets out of the car and stands up. And um, um, we didn't really say anything, but the next we just embraced each other and stuff like that. And I, of course, I was crying in this in this dream and stuff. And I, I told him that I was sorry, you know, and and I I just, that was it. I was sorry. I was so sorry and everything like that. And he was just hugging me and rubbing my back and saying, it's okay, Mercedes. It's okay. I love you, Mercedes. I love you. It's okay. I'm not mad. It's okay and everything. And right after that, I woke up. And I woke up and I was panicking, like, you know, I didn't know what was going on and everything. Um, but I really truly feel that, that right there was my closure on that because it, it, it for the longest, I was so guilt-ridden mm. on what, you know, that I never went and everything. And I feel like, I honestly feel like, and people are going to think this is crazy. And, and maybe this fits in weird, you know, that he came to me in my dream and told me, no, it's okay. It's, you know, it's, it's okay. And, um, I, you know, we're fine. And I love you and everything. And all the things that I wanted to say that I, that I would have said to him, had I seen him, he said to me and we said to each other at that time. So... I don't know i hope that doesn't sound morbid or anything i really
0: do that's not morbid at all that's very sweet and i think i think that was the way i think i think that was the way to have the closure that you needed and everything i I think that was him coming to you and giving you a chance
1: yeah it was it was just so it was so real it was just like i mean even with me telling his story it it feels like something that actually happened, and that it wasn't a dream, you know. But you know that was the thing, and you know um, his name was Roger Johnson, um, and I just that is a person that I mean he took up for me to the end of everything, you know, and he was there for me, and every you know I was going through breakups with relationships and stuff like that. He was always there for me, he would take me away from the for the weekend when someone did something to me or whatever. You know, let's just go. Come over here. We're going to go do this or whatever. That's the type of person he was. And, you know, I will always remember that about him and always love him for those things.
0: You know, humans like to think that we have everything figured out and we have science to back it and everything like that. But I've had a few experiences that make me really question all of that. And it makes me have a really open mind. So I really do think this was I think he was there for you one more time.
1: I think so, too.
0: I think so. (laughs) Let's move on to the next question, which is what's the scariest thing that's ever happened to you?
1: You know, honestly, I read these questions and I had to I, I read the questions and then I had to go back to the questions again because they were very thought provoking for me. And um, I realized that a lot of the things were gonna be um, serious. And I'm a serious person, but I do have a goofy side and all that too. But this, this answer is gonna be serious as well. Um, I, I um, Back in uh, 2018, went through cancer. And it was probably, it it was not probably. It was the worst time of my life. I went through um, almost five months of um, chemotherapy and radiation simultaneously. And um, I just remember going to the doctor for something that was going on with me and I didn't know exactly what it was and um this one doctor could not see me well he was gonna see me and then he couldn't see me so then he's like well look I need you to go here you know go here and stuff like that so I did and had some tests ran and everything and the doctor came back when I went for my appointment and told me I have cancer and I was sitting there like I blacked out, honestly. I blacked out. There was it's like my body, I, I I blacked out. And he was still talking, and I was sitting there like, you know, what? You know, and then all of a sudden, something told me <laughs> wake up, bitch, you know, wake up, you know, what, what, you know, this man just told you, you have cancer. So then I I stopped him right in the middle of what he was saying, which I have no idea of the things that he said after he said you have cancer. I have no idea what he said after that. I stopped him and said, wait, what did you say? What did you just tell me? He said, what do you mean? I said, what did you tell me I have? And then he told me I have cancer and then I lost it. And all that went through my head was, I'm going to die. And that, and, you know, it, I, because you know, my grandfather passed away of cancer. I Both of my grandfathers actually passed away of cancer. And um, there was a local entertainer that um, had just passed away of cancer. So I was thinking, okay, you're going to die. You know, and that's just all it was to it. And I, I could barely... Uh, speak anymore after that, and he was telling me, "But you know, you just gotta listen. We're gonna get through through this, and da, 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 and everything. And uh, you know, it 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 was a very horrible, scary time, and I had to. Um it took me a while to when I when I started with um, treatment and everything." Because when you go in there, I don't know if some people know, you go in there and they tell you, um, they give you all this paperwork that you have to sign to do chemotherapy. And on there is um, they need you to understand that this medicine can either uh, put you in the hospital or kill you. And I'm, I'm reading this and I told the nurse, I said, you actually expect me to sign this? that I'm going to, you know, I I feel like I'm signing my life away. You know, it says this can kill me and everything. He said, we can't do, she said, we can't do anything until you do this. She said, don't look at it like that, but you have to sign this, this form. You have to sign all these forms. So I did, but honestly, that was the scariest time of my life. Um, During that time, I had to separate myself from a lot of things, um, and um, I made it through, of course, but it, 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 I never knew if I was going to. And there was a point to where I spent two weeks in bed. I mean, in bed the entire time. I never got out of bed because I was just that sick. Um, I did radiation and I did the chemo, but I didn't have the chemo to where I had to go there every day and, and do that. They sent, They did it the first day, and then they sent me home with a pump, which I kept the, um, I had to have that on for a while. Then you go back, you have it taken off for a while. Then they give, they give you a little break. You have to go back and have it put back on and do all that. So I did that and everything, but that was a very scary time for me. And every single thing they told me as far as a side effect that I would probably get, I got every single thing. And uh, it, it just was, I don't know, Um, It was the scariest time of my life I have, um, you can see this right here This is where they put my port in And I keep it Here People have told me, you can have it tattooed over Or whatever, no, I keep this as a reminder Of what I went through and everything And um, That I made it through So that was actually the scariest Time of my life Because I did not know if I was going to live or die.
0: But I think that would be one of the scariest things someone could ever tell me.
1: And, And I was actually really, um, I, I, like I said, I separated myself from other people because I didn't, I'm that type of person. I don't want people to feel sorry for me. And I didn't want people to feel, you know, I knew, like I said, there was another local entertainer that had just passed away and it was a, She battled a long time with it. And I just, I saw her battle with that. And I didn't want to go through that. And I didn't want people to feel sorry for me and all of that kind of stuff. So I had to trust my doctors and everything they said. And anybody that I talked to that says, okay, this has happened to me. I have cancer and stuff like that. Trust your doctors. You have to. And I didn't at the beginning. I didn't. I was a terrible patient because I was, I was, so upset about what was told to me that I didn't want to go along with anything they said. I didn't want to have the radiology. I didn't want to have anything. I, I, was, I was a very bad patient. Um, but finally, I, there was a nurse practitioner that actually went through cancer and the doctor that helped her through it, she worked for him. And I was there and she happened to be there and she was she took care of me as well as the doctor and uh, took care of me. And um, she was very, very helpful for me. Very, very helpful for me as far as getting through things. She said, you're going to be mad. There's days because she she's a cancer survivor. So she told me things. She could talk to me with experience and said, you know, there are days you're going to be mad. Their days, you're not. You're not gonna understand. You're not gonna want to be nice. You're not gonna want to be sociable. You're not gonna want to be all of that. And she said it's okay. And to hear her say all those things helped me. And I, not that I want to be a mean person, but it just helped me that because I was, I, I didn't know what my feelings were. There were days I woke up and I was angry with the world. Why did this happen to me? There are terrible people out here in the world. They do this, 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 and this, and I had so many things that were getting ready to happen for me at that time, and all of a sudden it was like the brakes were put on, and all of that was gone, and everything, and and I didn't understand why that was happening to me when I know this person and that person and this person are terrible people, do terrible things all the time. Why is this happening to me? You know, but you kind of got to get out of your head about that. Because sometimes, you know, you can't say, why me? You have to say, why not me? And my partner's uh, dad was actually, um, had gone through a bout with cancer. And around the time when I was diagnosed, they said his cancer possibly had come back. And they were doing some other tests and everything. And um, so they... Once they found out that his cancer was not back, that he was fine, um, I knew somewhere in my head I was like, "Okay, he doesn't have cancer. I'm probably I probably do," and just it, I don't know what made me think that, but I just thought, you know, I, I just probably do, and I did, I did because they did more tests to make sure that because I re- I requested them before I did everything, I requested them, and I I did have it and. um I, he, he he did eventually pass away, you know, rest, may he rest in peace, but um, I felt like at the time that I was a little stronger to go through a bout of cancer, even though I was weak on the inside, I felt like I was a little stronger to go through a bout of cancer than probably he was because he had already been through a bout of cancer and he was 90 years old and he was not, you know, that Strong person or whatever, and I don't know. I think about things like that, so I don't. I don't know. But I also tell people that if, if when they tell me they have cancer, you have to listen to your doctors and stuff. And um, the owner of Edge at the time that I worked for, I told him about it, and he um, he had a friend that went through cancer. And that lived in Hawaii Hawaii, and I I knew him. He said, I think you need to talk to somebody that's been through it. Because at that point, you know, people, I I didn't know what to think. And Sam called me from Hawaii and talked to me for like two hours about this, that, and the other and everything. And it just made me feel better at the time about, you know, maybe I can get through this and stuff. But I'm not going to lie. It's not something that I would ever want again um I can get it again but it's not something that I can that I would ever want again but I think if if I did get it again I would know at least what to expect this time around or next time around you know so I don't know it's just it was scary
0: well I'm really glad you're here yeah me too I guess we can move on to the uh, the next question. That was That was a heavy one. I'm sorry you had to go back through that. But I really do think that it's just like you said. Somebody is going to listen to you and hear what you said. And they're going to know that somebody else went through it. And they're not alone out there. I think that's what a lot of these stories are about. Is that you're not alone you know people's went through really hard things and and they've had good things that's happened to them but i think it's through sharing with each other that you know we can learn yeah what is the most memorable moment of your life so far oh
1: wow you know what um i have been wanting to be the authentic me for a long time, even before I was willing to admit that. And um, last year, last November, I got my breast done. And um, some people would think, would say, oh, that's not a big deal, that's not a big deal. It was for me. It truly was for me because I at that time felt like okay Mercedes, now you're free and you're what you 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 look the way you want to look. You could live completely the way you want to live and that's it. That you know you, you it's for yourself. Because I would you know I, I did this for myself and everything, but you know. I hope that doesn't sound vain or anything, but I having my breast done has been a lifelong dream of mine, and it's. Um, a, a friend of mine went with me to do this and everything, and he was there the entire time, and I just remember sitting in there and falling asleep. I don't even remember falling asleep, but I fell asleep. I remember them waking me up and pulling me up and I had rest and you know, I, was I was, uh, had a binder on and all that stuff. But it was memorable for me because of the fact that I finally was able to do something that was completely for me and it made me happy. Was it for anybody else? It was completely for me, and it made me happy. There were a lot of people that thought I had breasts already because I was very good at wearing a push-up bra, a, a very good push-up bra, and stuffing it and doing all everything I had to do and everything. But um, now, I don't have to do any of that. But it's not even about all of that. It's, it's about the fact that me, I could sit in here on my couch, in my T-shirt, in my my shorts or whatever, which is what I do most of the time, but it's about me. I, I mean, I it's just, it, it was a memorable time for me when I was in Atlanta because my friend went there with me and I finally got my dream of what I wanted to do for so long. And, it, you know, this was after cancer, this was after COVID, this was after all of that, you know, and I saved this money and I went and did it, you know, that I did this. So,
0: yeah. That's amazing. I'm so happy for you. I'm so I'm so glad that uh, you can just tell from you talking about it how important it was to you. It
1: was important for me, very important for me. It was just very important for me to do something finally that I couldn't hide. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I feel like I've gone through so many times in my life where I've hid things or whatever you know, I there's no hiding, you know, and I'm happy. And, I you know, that's just, you know, yeah, I'm happy.
0: I've said it a few times in a couple of interviews now, but there's something about when your true authentic self can kind of come out and there's no hiding and there's, and everybody can just see you for who you are. Right, right, right. This one's always the, the rough one. It's always rough for me as well as the person that's That's telling the story. But what's the saddest thing that's ever happened to you?
1: The saddest thing that's ever happened to me was um, my brother passed away and he was my only sibling. It was he and I. And he was someone that um, was like my biggest, biggest cheerleader um, that I mean, would would tell me all kinds of things. When I was having bad days, I would get texts from my brother Mm -hmm. um, just saying anything. And um, he was, they, my brother, my mom, my stepdad and my grandmother were here and um, it was like early October or something. And um, they had a great time while they were here and stuff. And then, he got sick. Well, he did, let, 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 me, let me go back. He didn't get sick. He went into the hospital for a simple procedure. So simple that he didn't tell me. He didn't tell anybody. He didn't tell my mom or anybody like that. So he went in for a simple procedure. Well, apparently when he got there, his blood pressure or something was out of whack and everything. So they could not do it. So he contacted my mom to tell her um, that he was having to stay in the hospital and all of this and his blood pressure and and everything. And she was very confused at the time because she knew nothing about him going to have a procedure done and all that. And um, this was also like right around the time that COVID was starting and all of that. So they weren't letting people in the hospitals and all that stuff like that. And she called me and told me about it. I said, like, well, what do you mean? I don't understand, what What are you talking about? What, what do you mean? What did he have, what was he having done? And she was like, I don't know. All I know is this happened and I was trying to get answers from him. And um, then he had to, he, he was very tired, and he had to hang up. I said, okay, mom, well, if you hear something else, please let me know what's going on or whatever they wouldn't let her in the hospital um so i know they weren't gonna let me in the hospital um a couple days after that he crashed so he went he went into a coma and everything and mom called me distraught and was telling me about it and everything and um you know they finally let her in and her and my stepdad go they let them go in the hospital, let them go visit and stuff like that. My stepdad did not go back after that. He was just that broken up. He didn't go back after that. My mom went back the next day, but the next day that she went back, she said that they told her he was not going to make it. There was no brain activity. There was nothing, you know, just all of that and stuff. So she called me to tell me all of this and I'm, I'm, I remember being in, in my backyard and with my dogs and stuff when she called me. And I just, I, I didn't know what to think about any of that. So um, I was making plans to go home because I wanted to go. And she was like, well, I don't know if I want you to see him like this because he looks really, really bad. I said, mom, I can't, I have to go, I have to come home. So I was making plans to come home and everything. Well, before I can even get there, he had passed away. So, um the sad thing about all of that is I often it hit me harder than I thought it would. It it really did. I miss my brother to this day. I don't think that I've I've dealt with it like I should deal with it. When I went through cancer and everything, he was there. All of these things, you know. Um and I don't I, I I don't I don't think I've really actually dealt with it like I should have dealt with it. Um because he meant more to me than I was willing to admit. And like I said, that was my only sibling and everything. And it was always just he and I, you know. And even when I was going through my transition and everything else, I mean, he never looked at me any different or anything like that. I mean, I was just, you know. I was who I was, and it, it, it. I often think because he wasn't married or anything like that. My brother was gay though; he was gay, um, but he wasn't. He didn't have a partner and stuff like that. And I often think when he was there, and when he was getting bad, when he was crashing or whatever, did he know it? Was he afraid? You know. I, all of those things go through my head, wondering what he was thinking at the time. Did he feel alone or whatever and stuff? And um, uh, it, it's just it's still it's still sad to this day. I I miss my brother. Um, I will always love my brother. I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to my brother. I did text him that week that this was going on earlier in the week. At that time, though, I didn't know what was going on and that he was in the hospital. I didn't know any of that. And he didn't tell me any of that. But I noticed with the text that I sent him, he was brief with me. He wasn't, it wasn't like, because we would text and we would just go back and forth and everything like that. But it was very brief. I was I, I was reminding him about something and laughing about it and stuff like that. And he said, Yeah, I remember that and stuff. And that was it. And I never got any more correspondence from him. So I thought that was kind of odd, but I didn't think too much about it. Well then the next day was when my mom my mom told me the little stuff and everything. So I was like, okay, well that explains why he didn't really have a conversation with me or whatever. But everything happened so fast with that, and I I, um, I I still have that text. I'm never going to get rid of that text. Um, it just was incredibly sad because I am an only child now, and um, where I never even thought about any of that before, it weighs heavy on me now. And it, it, I miss my brother. It's just sad that I, even the things that we did get to experience together, I wish there was so much more we got to experience together. And, you know, if I had it to do it all over again, it would be completely different. But I don't know. I just that. That hit me harder than anybody else. I mean, there have been many people pass away in my life, but that hit me hard and it's still on me today. You know, I know he knows I loved him. You know, I know he knows all that, but all that's beside the point. You know, I just, I, 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 I wish that he would have um, said more about what was going on and stuff he did not, but it wouldn't have made a difference anyway. You know, I, you know, I wouldn't have been able to save him or anything like that, but I don't know. I, I, it just, I don't know. And I was angry. I was angry at the time with the world, when that happened, I was angry and I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not a church person. I don't go to church. I grew up in the church, but I was forced to go to church. So I never enjoyed church because I was forced to go. My brother was big in the church and all that kind of stuff, but not me. But I, I do believe I do have certain beliefs and stuff like that. So I had to at, at some point stop being so angry with the world and questioning everything. And just I I look at it now as that um, if I'm afraid about something now or I feel lonely or whatever, that he's looking to help me and stuff like that because he was my younger brother you know I was I'm the oldest but that he is here to help me and guide me through something if, if I need that
0: when people die that's the thing they're still always with you you know part of them is with you there's a part of him with you right now and so they they never are truly gone we can't hug them or or tell them that we love them and everything like that.
1: Uh, It's an unfortunate part of life.
0: But it kind of leads into the the, uh, last question, which is based on your life experience, what is the best advice you can give the people out there listening?
1: The best advice I can give people is to live their life. To um, If there's anything, especially when they're younger, that they want to do, do it if you have the means to do it or whatever, do it. And I, I share that with people all the time, younger people especially. Do if you want to do this and you have the means to do it, do it because one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be an age and you're going to be like, How did I get here? You know, and I have not, I didn't get to do all this and do all that. And you see other people doing that and you want to do that and you wanted to do it, but for some reason you didn't do it. That's the unfortunate part of my life. And I've always felt like that I was 10 years behind anything because I was a late bloomer in everything. I I, I literally I was a late bloomer in everything. But there's so many things that I did not do when I should have for whatever reason. And some of those things I'm. I'm not going to do. I mean, I'm not going to be able to do them now and stuff like that. But I I tell people that, you know, I think you just do if there's something you want to do in life and you have the means to do it, do it Um, and be your authentic self. I should have transitioned 20 years ago. I'm just I'm just being honest. I should have done it 20 years ago. I waited so long because I spent my entire life living for everybody else trying to please my family trying to please my friends trying to please my boyfriends trying to please my my employers all of that I I was trying to please everybody else but me and um, that's unfortunate because now I'm, I'm I I I feel like I missed a lot of things. But um I'm here. I'm here. And um I wish I had did things a lot sooner. So I, I if if there's something that a person if that you want to do in life and you have the means to do that, do those things and live for yourself and be
0: yourself. When I do mine, that is gonna be my advice too. I, my mother she developed Parkinson's disease like uh, early, early in her life, you know. And it, this this harkens back to something. Uh, my dad, I was going to go to like England or something. Like a, I'm one of those spur of the moment guys. You know, it's like if I, 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 one of those guys, if I want to do something, I'm going to do it. And a lot of it's that lesson I learned from my mom because uh, my dad's like, Oh, right now's not a real good time to go, and everything. And there was like there was people throwing acid on each other at the time, and and everything. And uh, I told my dad, you know, I know it's because of love, and he's just worried about me and everything. But I said, you know, how many plans did you and Mom have that you just never got to do because she got sick, and you were always going to do things in the future, and now you can't. And I was like, I just am not gonna do that if I'm I'm gonna do it now. Cause the future's never given to us. Like we never know.
1: Never. We never know.
0: I think that's the best advice out there is if you got something in your heart and you wanna do it, you go do it.
1: You go do it. And you know, I, I have to I, I I have to say that I admire that about you because i see like i i see your social media with your instagram and everything and there are a lot of things that you do a lot of fun things and stuff like that and i see and i'm like wow he's doing this and he's doing that and everything and you know you just look like you and you're enjoying life and you have friends that you're enjoying life with and everything i admire that i really do admire that and i applaud you for that because a lot of people don't have that and Honestly, I'm one of those that don't, I don't have that. You know, people think, not everybody, but some people think that um, because I'm this person, this on stage and I do this and i travel to different cities and states and all. And I do, I do. But you know what's the thing about it is at the end of the night, a lot of times, especially when I'm out of town and stuff, nine times out of 10, I'm in my hotel room after, after everything's said and done. I'm not out finishing partying and stuff like that. I do my socializing and stuff as I'm supposed to. And then I go back to my hotel room because I'm just that type of person. I want to go to bed. I want to watch TV. I want to lay up in bed and eat and watch TV and then go to bed. That's just what I do. But I admire that, honestly, about you, that you do things. I've seen so many things that just look look Fun, 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 and you do those things, and um, yeah, I, I really, really admire that about you. And I'm actually trying to get better about doing things. Um, I'm really, I'm really, really a homebody. It's very hard to get me out um, to do things if I'm not working and performing and stuff like that. That's not saying that I never get out because I do but it's really hard to get me out in other times to do things because I'm such a homebody. I I am very comfortable with sitting at home, watching TV in a t-shirt and some pajama pants or whatever and stuff. I'm very comfortable with that. My hair tied up, I'm very comfortable with that. Um, Or a bonnet, the hair bonnets, you know, that's just me. Um, I love to cook. I love spending time with my with my dogs. I have five little dogs they're all inside dogs and I love them all the same. They all have their own personalities and I love each and every one of them. but I that, that's just the person I am. Um, when I'm out of town, I do my job I and, and, and your job is more than just being on stage. You have to do all that promotion and everything because that club is paying you to be there. And, you know, all that. So I I do all of those things. But once all of that's completed and everything, if people want to go and do further partying and stuff. I'm going back to my room, you know, I'm going to get something to eat. I'm going back to my room.
0: (laughs) That's all all about living your life the way you want to live it. Yeah. I just want to say that I have very much uh, enjoyed talking with you. Uh, You're kind of, like I said, you're kind of like this local legend, mysterious, you know. So I've never got to, to see this side of you before. And I think a lot of people haven't got to see this side of you. No, they haven't. But, you know, it's sometimes when you give that vulnerable side of people, that's when they can really connect to you and everything like that. And I've connected to you. I love you even more than I did. Aww see i'm always say i'm mercedes super fan right here so uh you're the first performer i ever saw and you were kind of that little that little path into that world and everything and so i'll always be very grateful for that and i'll always i'll always be your number one fan
1: i appreciate you so much i mean even more than i can say i really honestly do it's always a pleasure when I see you out. It's always a pleasure.
0: It's always a pleasure when I see you out because I'm always seeing you at a show.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I keep up with all your social media and everything. I you know, yeah, I I I really admire the fact that you live life. You live life and you 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 seem like you enjoy life. I I love that about what you do and everything because so many people they don't do it for whatever reason. Some people don't know how to do that. And some people just they just don't do it. But you do that. And that's inspiring.
0: Well, and I will also say in closing, anytime I can party with the Mercedes Alexander, I will party with the Mercedes Alexander. So anytime you want to party with me, you're all you're more than welcome.
1: I appreciate that. And thank you. Thank you.
0: I want to thank you all for listening today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Also, check out the video podcast at Handlebar ASMR on YouTube for extras.